0: Hands of My Podcast is a proud member of Darkcast Network, presenting the brightest of indie podcasts. Hey, I'm Gina. And I'm Amber. And we're here to bring you the Weird True Crime Podcast, where we cover true crime cases that will leave you asking yourself, did that really happen? We'll dive into questionable cases throughout history that are solved, unsolved, or just plain unbelievable. We'll also talk about the quirkier side of true crime in episodes we like to call What the F*** Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast service. Hola, my beautiful humans. This is Jasmine Castillo, and I bring stories and cases. From the people of color community, bringing awareness of murdered and missing Indigenous women, girls, two spirits, the LGBTQ community, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color. These are their stories. So welcome to Hands Off, my podcast. On June 24th, 1999, St. Petersburg, Florida. Tim Chantavong walked out of a record store, got into his flashy sports vehicle, and was never seen alive again. His murder remains unsolved, and the detectives have no leads. St. Petersburg police are counting on one of the cardinal rules of homicide investigation somebody out there knows something. This is the story of Sonfit Tim. Chantavong Sampong, a woman of Thai descent, had a challenging upbringing in Laos under the care of her mother and stepfather. When she was 17 years old, she met Cham Chantavong, and they eventually tied the knot on February 12, 1972. The Chanthavongs worked diligently to establish a life for themselves in their village near Savanakhe, Laos. They built a home and started a family. With their first child, Boon Huan, being born on December of 1972, followed by their daughter, Seng Sok, in August of 1975. Tragically, both children fell ill that they lost the young brother, Boon at the tender age of three. Despite this devastating loss, Sompong and Cham remained resilient and found solace in welcoming another bundle of joy into their lives. Their son, Son Phet, was born on December 12, 1976. As the late 70s approached and communism spread, the aftermath of the Vietnam War forced families like the Chantavongs to make a difficult decision about their future. Due to Laos' involvement in the war, they became refugees along with many others. In 1979, the Chantabong family found themselves placed in a refugee camp in Thailand while awaiting assistance. It was during this challenging period that Sampong carried their fourth child, Lethdar, who was born in October of 1979 with hopes for better days ahead. Sonfet's parents made a remarkable journey, coming to Stockton, California, to pursue education and career opportunities. They worked hard to learn English and established themselves in their respective fields. When Tim started school, he faced the challenge of not knowing much English. Despite this hurdle, his parents provided a loving and supporting environment, rooted in strong family values and a strong work ethic. Sompang, Tim's mother worked as a Head Start teacher aide before transitioning into the medical field as a certified nursing assistant. Meanwhile, Tim enjoyed typical pastimes of boys his age like video games, skateboarding, and listening to popular music. It was during the early 90s that Tim discovered freestyle hits and decided to adopt Timmy as his American name after the freestyle artist Timmy T. Throughout high school, Tim balanced his studies with a part-time job at McDonald's. In 1994, the Chantafon family made the decision to move to St. Petersburg, Florida, in search of a better environment and to be closer to their extended family. Even though Tim was in his senior year of high school, his parents believed that relocating was the best choice for their family. While Tim initially wanted to finish his education in familiar surroundings, his mother convinced him by buying him his very first car. Sampang had always dreamed of building a new home for her family. She worked tirelessly day and night, pushing herself to complete over 80 hour work weeks just to save up for this dream. Their hard work finally paid off when they broke ground on their new home site in early 1999. Tim started his senior year at St. Pete High with a shiny new 1994 Honda Civic. He had been working part-time at the movie theater and then Eckerd's, which is a well-known pharmacy retail chain that was headquartered in Largo, Florida. Eckerd was one of the largest pharmacy chains in the U.S., with stores spanning across 23 states. With his earnings from these jobs, Tim began customizing his car to make it even more impressive. During that year, Tim also met his best friend, William Bruce Lands. After graduating high school, Tim immediately entered the workforce full-time and he started his career as a loan officer at Flagship Mortgage while also attending college on the side. In 1997, Tim reached another milestone in his life. Still living with his parents, he was able to upgrade his Civic to a sleek Mazda RX-7 black and fast. It was like a dream come true for any young man. Tim took pride in maintaining its perfect appearance by frequently washing it multiple times per week. If you ever drove past his family home, there was always a chance of catching him outside by his beloved car, besides indulging in driving sessions. Tim enjoyed going to the beach and playing volleyball during his leisure time. As time went on, he set his sights on acquiring another dream car, and Acura NSX became the object of his affection. He purchased posters of this coveted vehicle and displayed them proudly within the walls of his room. In 1999, Tim achieved a success in his career as a loan officer within the mortgage industry and secured a position at Fidelity Mortgage. This accomplishment allowed him to turn his dream of owning the car into reality. With his hard work paying off, Tim proudly purchased the 1994 Acura NSX, a vehicle that held significant meaning for him. He cherished and took great care of his prized possession, spending hours washing, waxing, and tending to his every need. Quote, He lived for this car. End quote, said Doug Lalino, who used to work with Chantavang at the Republic Bank mortgage office on 66th Street. He washed it every day. He put $100 rims on that car. Despite being focused on enjoying life's simple pleasures like spending time with friends, going to the beach, and playing volleyball, Tim was unaware that acquiring his dream car would tragically result in the loss of his life later that same year. On the last night of his life, Tim was minding his own business. But Tim got the wrong kind of attention when he pulled into Spec's music, which was on 2855 66th Street North on that Thursday, June 24th, of 1999. He drove to Spec's to buy a CD single, Genie in a Bottle by Christine Aguilera. Inside the store, he chatted on the mobile phone with his brother Dar, short for Lethar. Quote, he was talking about his car, about getting a new exhaust for his car, End quote, Dar said. Then the phone cut off, like the battery had just died. Police think that his car caught the eye of someone with a gun. The gunman sized up Tim, seeing him as a short, skinny, and shy boy and confronted him after he left the store. At 8.41 p.m., according to a receipt found in his car, he bought the CD at Specs Music. Soon after, either in the parking lot or at a nearby traffic signal or stop sign, a stranger with a gun got in the car with him. Tim was shot to death about eight blocks from the store. At 60th Street and 26th Avenue North, near the Northwest Youth Center. A jogger found him bleeding in a driveway and called 911 at 8.51 p.m. Why? asked his mother. Why do they have to kill my son? Twelve minutes later, the Akira was involved in a hit-and-run accident at 53rd Avenue South and 7th Street. It ran over a curb and slammed into a parked car. Police later learned it was seen racing up and down 7th, twice running a stop sign at 54th Avenue South. The car was abandoned moments after the crash. Cindy Leedy, a retired detective with St. Petersburg Police Department, stated he was killed for a 15-minute joyride. It didn't seem to be personal. He had no enemies, wasn't in a gang didn't buy or sell drugs. He had never been in trouble. His mother, Sam stated that people get jealous because he has a nice car and a good job, but my son is a very good boy. He never did anything wrong. Three witnesses there saw a black man, possibly in his late teens and early 20s, with a low-cut hair in Tim's car. Police don't have a composite sketch of the man. The description wasn't made public at the time because it was vague and Cindy Leedy didn't want to discourage other people from calling with Leeds. Other than a vague description of a man seen in the Yakara, the trail runs cold. Leedy states that we're hoping someone who may have had information of the time of this incident will come forward. His older sister, college student Kayla Chantavong, Flew home from an internship in New York, she recalled her brother as a giving, caring young man. Leedy and Chantavong's parents, sister, and best friend went that Friday to Twenty-sixth Avenue North and Sixtieth Street, a quiet residential intersection where Tim was shot. Tim's death appears to be a classic case of someone in the wrong place at the wrong time—a quiet young man in a flashy car and someone who, at the moment's notice, was willing to do anything to get it. Police have no suspects in his death and continue to retrace Tim's path in hopes of unearthing clues. Tim's cherished 1994 Acura NSX, complete with a stylish black leather interior, now found itself amidst the wreckage in a police impound, beneath the towering Interstate 275. Its right front corner is severely crumpled, and the rear view window lies shattered, with one of its tires being rendered useless. Southeast Asian youth gangs have been linked to several violent attacks in St. Petersburg over the past years, leading to speculations that Tim's killing was gang-related. But the city's homicide investigators say Tim wasn't involved in gangs or drugs. They think his death was random, a classic case of someone in the wrong place at the wrong time. St. Petersburg has the most gang activities, but there are groups throughout the county that challenge law enforcement. A detective, Anthony Gentile, who is part of the gang intelligence unit, stated that most of the neighborhood gangs, they are named after the streets that they live, or neighborhoods or even housing developments. There are followers and there are leaders, just like any place else, stating Detective Anthony Gentile. Some gang members are violent while others are not. The Asian gangs formed in Pinellas County after the Vietnam War. Different factions challenged each other. There are fights and drive by shootings, though not common. They do happen. There are now an upsurge of Hispanic gangs, African American gangs and they are prevalent in the South St. Petersburg, white gangs have been identified in the Clearwater area. Some Tampa Bay street gangs are involved in illicit drugs, burglaries, auto theft, weapons, possession, and other criminal activities. The state legislature, in response, passed the Florida Street Terrorism Enforcement and Prevention Act that enhances penalties for certain criminal activities and defines gang recruitment, intimidation, and other criminal acts. It's not easy to be accepted into a gang, and sometimes it's more difficult to quit one. Some allow resignations, others do not. Pinellas Park Police Sergeant Tracy Schofield said his city was a hotbed of gang activities in the early to mid-1990s. And 10 years after Tim's death, there is a calculation of 18 different gangs in this area. So I decided to go down the rabbit hole on Reddit, and a Reddit user going by the name of Kimber775 shared their theories and had a conversation with someone who was acquainted with Tim. The first theory suggested that the incident could be related to a drug deal, perhaps involving owing money or someone being ripped off. The second theory which Kimber 775 believed, proposed that it was a case of mistaken identity. It was possible that the flashy car caught the attention of a rival gang who mistakenly thought it belonged to someone involved in drug dealing for an Asian gang. This misunderstanding led them to crash and abandon the car when they realized their mistake. Although discussing rival gangs may sound unusual for St. Petersburg, Florida, There's a significant wealth disparity and diverse ethnicities living in close proximity. And according to someone connected to Tim in the same thread, he was not involved with the gang, but occasionally spent time with them. They described him as a good kid whom they were proud of because he had a great job and he was leading a positive life. This person also mentioned that there were other unrelated robberies happening at the time, indicating that Tim's situation was simply straightforward robbery. Sampang faced unimaginable tragedy in the loss of her child. In the face of her grief, she channeled her pain into hard work and determination to find justice for her son. Year after year, Sampang tirelessly pleaded for information on her son's killer, never giving up hope. Her tear-stained face and heartfelt pleas Were broadcasted through news channels and local papers, desperately reaching out to anyone with knowledge of the crime. But amidst the darkness, a sliver of joy pierced through. In 2004, when Sampang became a grandmother for the first time, the birth of Aiden brought light back into her life, allowing moments of happiness as she gazed into his innocent eyes. Every spare moment, was cherished with Aiden by her side. She even scaled back on her demanding workload to spend more time with him, savoring each day they shared together. When they were apart, Sampong made sure to hear Aiden's voice by calling him daily just to say those three magic words Grandma loves you. He was a precious gift that filled her heart with love and pure joy. In late, September of 2007, Sampong fell seriously ill and was rushed to the hospital. Following a series of tests, Sampong received a devastating diagnosis of a stage 4 GBS brain tumor. This type of tumor is rare and aggressive, often leading to a terminal outcome. Despite facing overwhelming odds, Pung bravely fought against this formidable foe finding solace in the presence of her beloved grandson. However, on November 19, 2007, Sang Pang passed away, leaving behind an unwavering determination not to give up. Unfortunately, she did not live to witness justice being served for her son's killers. A wish that she had held on until the very end. Since her passing, her family has carried on her legacy by sharing her story in the hopes that it will reach someone who holds the key to bringing her son's killer to justice. They continue their unwavering belief that one day someone will come forward and shed light on this tragic crime, ensuring that their son, brother, uncle, and friend receives the justice he deserves. The Chanta Chantavong family created a website. It was a way for their ensuring that Tim's story continues to be told. Sampong's pursuit of justice lives on, and their family remains committed to seeking closure and peace for their loved one. And I invite you to explore this site and experience the cherished memories they have left behind, as well as the lasting impact that they had on their lives. Homicide investigators are hoping someone saw something suspicious outside specs on that Thursday night on june twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. Or where Tim was shot in the Cheryl Manor neighborhood east of Tyrone area, a place unaccustomed to violent crime. Investigators also are concentrating on the neighborhood where the car was abandoned again hoping someone saw the driver or occupants of the Acura. As a police investigation continued, Tim's family had put up a $5,000 reward, hoping that the money might shake loose some information. If you have any information on that night, Thursday of June 24, 1999, you can submit an anonymous tip to the St. Petersburg Police Department by using the TIP-411 web form I will have in the show notes. Or you can also submit an anonymous TIP via text message to the St. Petersburg Police Department. Text S-P-P-D and your TIP to 847-411. If you enjoy our show, please rate us on Apple or Spotify. And be sure to come back and listen to us every other Thursday. Until then, this is Jasmine Castillo. We are voiceless no more. Proud member of Dark Cast Network, Uncovered.com, TransDo Task Force, Crime Survivors for Safety and Justice, and partner with Search and Support San Antonio and Seasons of Justice.